Welcome to the Shine Online podcast. I'm your host and video content coach, Natasha. And after years of being a social media manager for service providers, coaches, and physical product brands while creating content for my own brand, I realized how important it is to infuse video into your strategy, no matter what surface or platform you decide to use for your brand. This podcast will help you create strategic video content that doesn't take away from your business, but fuels its growth. You'll leave each episode with a simpler way to show up with confidence that isn't reliant on the latest trend or gimmicky hacks, but a sustainable strategy. Ready to go from overwhelmed to confident in your content strategy? It's your time to shine. Welcome to the Authority Series, where I interview experts in online business to discuss industry disrupting strategies and stories in the series. You'll hear from my very own Mastermind alum from the Online Authority Mastermind, which opens applications for its third year in April. You can find all the details about joining the next round linked in the show notes. And today I have Sonia with me, who was a part of the first round of the Mastermind. And this has been such a a long time coming because we just yes. love chatting and I think we're like <laughs> equal friends to also just being client and coach. So I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So first, please introduce yourself and let us know a little bit more about what you do and how you support your amazing clients and communities. Sure. So I'm Sonia Thompson. I am an inclusive brand coach, strategist, and consultant. And I help my clients build inclusive brands that help them attract and retain both diverse consumers, customers, and talent. Basically, you know, we don't want people to like have that leaky bucket where they're working hard to get people in the door and then they can't keep them because whatever isn't, you know, in order internally or in their overall customer experience. But as more and more of us become more diverse and, you know, the data is just kind of showing this, the consumer is changing. We've all got a lot of differences. And as we change with our differences, people are expecting that brands and the people that they're spending their money with are catering to those needs and that they do the work of making them feel like they belong. So for me, it's just more a matter of helping brands make more of the customers that they serve feel seen, which will not only help them, you know, serve more people, but it'll also help them stay more relevant. Oh, yes. And it's such important work. And I first, before we dive right in, I want to talk about what does being inclusive really mean? Because I often think that people think it means one thing like, oh, I need to like be racially diverse and and things like that. But I really think that there's so much more to it, which I think is often the parts people miss. So can you kind of dive a little bit more into that? Sure. And uh, I think a lot of people have that misperception that being inclusive and inclusive marketing means that you have to serve everyone and it does not. And I think a lot of times people are using examples that they're seeing um, like Rihanna and her brands, which are fantastically inclusive, but she also has a ton of resources, right? Um, And that's not the case for most people. Inclusive marketing is all about being intentional about who you will 
and will not serve. So it's okay to say, you know what, this group of people, this really kind of isn't for me. We're not going to serve them right now. We're not going to, we don't have plans to serve them in the future. And that's okay. As long as you have made the very clear choice. So you can say, Hey, I serve English speakers, um, or I serve English and Spanish speakers, but you know, we're not, we don't have the capacity to serve French speakers, people who speak Portuguese or who speak Arabic, right? Like those are very clear choices that you can make as a brand. And I think a lot of times, like you mentioned, people are purely thinking about inclusion in terms of racial or ethnicity, whereas there are a number of degrees of diversity that you're able to consider, whether it's the language that people speak, as I mentioned, whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether it's sexual orientation, food, uh, uh, dietary restrictions, age, you know, generation. There are so many different dimensions of diversity. So it's all about thinking about the people that you want to serve, who you want to feel seen, and being intentional about who those people are. And then that is the the starting point that you work from as you're working to build an inclusive brand. Mm, Yes, that is so, so important there. And I love how you mentioned food, since (laughs) I know that's one that's personal to you. And I'm sure there's a lot of different things in your work that do feel personal to you. And obviously, on this podcast, we talk a lot about video and content. And so I'm kind of curious from your own experience, like where have you seen brands possibly miss the mark in your own experience of consuming content? But also, where have you felt like people people have done a really great job at making you specifically like personally feel included in their content. I think that brands struggle when they are trying to be inclusive, but they're not actually putting a stake in the ground as to who they're trying to serve. So they try Mm. to check a lot of boxes at one time. Um, So an example, that's one of my personal pet peeves um, that pops up. But I understand the intent behind it. They're trying to make as many people feel seen as possible, but they're actually having the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. And that is what I like to call the racially ambiguous person. The person that they feel like will check a number of boxes because they see like, oh, you know, this person could be a person of color. Maybe they're not a person of color. So all kinds of people will make themselves feel seen. In reality, not very many people will feel seen by that mm. particular person or by that, that particular choice because it's 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 I don't want to say it's diluted. It's not making a very clear choice. Mm. Contrast that, for instance, a very clear example was last year or uh, or maybe two years ago when Amazon Alexa did the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl commercial, and they included it was a Super Bowl commercial with Michael B. Jordan, whom I love. Um, <laughs> But they, the woman who was like the lead in the commercial was a black woman, like a chocolate black skin woman with natural hair. Mm. That is not what you normally see in commercials. And I felt like Amazon Alexa specifically made an intentional choice to make black women feel seen mm. by putting someone who looked like that in their commercials. It's a very intentional choice to put a pregnant woman in your commercials. It's a very poten- intentional choice to put someone with a hijab in your content, right? Mm. And not to say that you can't cover a lot of people or you always have to be a very specific with it. But if you're always trying to check a number of boxes at one time, then you're not really going to have the impact of making people who are 
generally ignored, underrepresented and underserved feel seen. So that's more of, of what it is, is people trying to be inclusive, but not actually making any specific choices. Whereas to build an inclusive brand and to make people feel like they belong, they have to be intentional about make who it is that they want to make feel seen. Mm, that is so powerful. And what it really got me thinking about is kind of like what we saw in 2020, where like everyone was getting canceled left and right yeah. during the Black Lives Matter boom that summer. And I think that really stirred up almost a fear and hesitancy of like, am if I do take this stance, are people going to feel some type of way? Am I going to say it the right way? Am I doing it the right way? And I feel like that's where a lot of people can get really caught up. So I was curious if you had any words of encouragement if people are like, I want to say something, I want to do something, I want to make that intentional choice, but I'm kind of worried about like what that might lead to. Do you have some words of wisdom there? Yeah, I think that that trepidation or that hesitation in terms of like what to say or what to do for fear of, you know, getting canceled or not saying the right thing really comes from not having the degree of intimacy that you need with the community to effectively know what it is Mm. that you need to say or do with them. The way I like to think about it is The products, the services, the experiences that you deliver throughout every part of your customer journey are like gifts that you're giving. And it's very difficult to give a gift to somebody that you don't know. It's always going to be generic. It's always going to be something that feels very safe, that you're doing it so they don't hate it Mm -hmm. rather than like they're going to love it. But whenever you have a deeper degree of intimacy with somebody, whenever you know them, you know they're going to love this gift they're going to really like it. I heard them say the other day that this is what they wanted or that they needed, right? Like you you know more specifically if you've been paying attention about how to give them something that hits the mark, that meets the needs, that will make them, you know, just love you even more. So I guess the, the first thing that I would say to people is whenever you've identified that there's a particular community that you want to serve, Spend time with them. Like it's not about just going out and necessarily taking immediate action. The first step is really building relationships with them. And in that process of building relationships with them, you know, paying attention to them, learning more about them and what it is that they need, then you will better have an idea of what it is that you should and you shouldn't say or what it is that they need from you. And that and that gives you more of a roadmap of, of how to go about supporting them. Mm, that's so good. I, I feel like my takeaway from that was almost like listen before you feel like you need to talk. Yes. Because I feel like some people feel like you need to react to something or that you have to to do something when sometimes the best thing is to actually listen. Yeah. And, and that part of listening sometimes is really is helpful because sometimes people just need you to hold space for them, right? Give them an opportunity to vent, to say what it is that they need to say. They don't always need you to like give them a solution. Do you know what I mean? Or, yes. you know, your your words of encouragement. And now what we're seeing, what was like almost three years later, is that people made all these declarations back in 2020, right? About diversity, inclusion, belonging, mm-hmm. their support for the black community, other communities. Even last year, like when, you know, Stop Asian Hate was happening, you saw more 
more brands doing that. And not to say that they didn't mean it at the time, but like what we've seen three years later is that very little has been done. Right. <laughs> um, very little follow through has happened on what people have said. So if that's going to be the case, we'd rather you not say anything um, mm. than you to say something and it have no real meaning or intention. It's better to like sit and listen and truly understand what it is that people need from you. And then you can take action in a way that is going to be sustainable for you rather than saying, all right, we're going to, you know, do this one thing and then come back and you actually didn't do any of it, which is going to be worse. Yes. I think that is so powerful because it shows that like we can take action without needing to say that we're taking action. And that is really what goes the longest way. And I I would love to talk more about kind of like auditing what we're currently doing in marketing and how can we take those pieces of action to be more inclusive, like in our content, in our brand voice, to actually create a more inclusive client base, like all of those different types of things. What are like some checklist items that people are listening can do to like, okay, I'm ready to take action. What are some easy steps? First thing that you can do is understand a little bit more about your data and who you're serving. Mm -hmm. So take a look at the customers that you have, the people who are paying or your audience as well, right? What is the makeup of the people? Are they all from one type of group? Are they pretty diverse or are they not, right? Like, are there people who are are missing? Like, are they representative of the people who have the problem that your business solves or not? Like, so you can have an idea, oh, I'm diverse, I'm inclusive, right? Like, everybody is welcome here in my business. And that may be true, but do they feel that? And a great way to understand whether or not people actually feel that way, do they actually feel like they belong with you, is looking at your data and understand what does my audience look like? The people who are buying from me, are they all the same or are they actually truly diverse? That'll give you a really wonderful indicator. And then if, you know, based upon that data, you can then go and look to see, all right, well, is it if if it's not as representative or the diverse of the people who I want to serve, where am I falling short in how I'm communicating that people belong with me or not? So that might mean changing up the way you show up in your content. And that could be in maybe the types of people that you're sharing, the references that you're using, the words you're using, the visual imagery that you're including, incorporating the topics that you talk about, right? Those are the types of things that will start to help move the needle and send the right signals to people that, hey, oh, she sees me, she gets me. But you can't do that effectively if you don't have the data. Mm, That is so powerful. It's like almost doing the homework before you actually do the work, which I think makes so much sense. And it really goes back to like the theme of like really being intentional. Mm -hmm. And this got me thinking of a conversation I know we've had a lot of times personally in the DMs, but also (laughs) in the mastermind of, especially as underrepresented groups, wanting to see more people on podcasts, on stages with brand collab like whatever it is, like us wanting to see more, us wanting to do more and being those spaces. And I think it can be hard to be like, well, what power do we have? What can we influence? What can we change? And so 
I'm curious what your advice would be for someone that's listening and they're like, okay, like I want to see more diverse stages. I feel like this podcast or this, whatever it is, like you want to see that change and you want to see yourself represented. How can we do that for ourselves? How can we advocate for ourselves? The first way that you can advocate for yourself is to show up and be seen, like be, 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 be the change, right? <laughs> be the change that you want to see, yes. be the representation that you don't see, right? You know, I think a lot of times people, the excuse that people give for not having adequate representation on their stages, whatever stage that might be, whether it's on their podcast, whether it's on like their physical conference stage or virtual stage, whatever it is, right? The, the excuse that they often give is, oh, well, we don't know anybody. We don't, you know, yep. we don't, there's not a sufficient pipeline or list of people. Or if there is, I don't know them, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that you most often hear. And while in many instances, that's not quite true. The thing that we can do is to show up in our own platform and take up space and be as visible as possible, not for the purpose of just being visible, mm-hmm. but just for making sure that you are, are if I say findable, I don't, that's not the right word. <laughs> people are able to find you, right? Yes. Whenever, so whenever people are like, hey, thinking about they need a speaker in this particular area, your name pops up for them as one of the people who is qualified to be able to do it because you've shown up in the spaces that you need to, in the way that you need to, so that people naturally start to think of you. That's really like the first step is making sure that that excuse isn't applicable when it comes to you because you've made it easy for for people to, ah, discover, that's the word. (laughs) You've made it easy for people to discover you and to um, know more about what it is that you have to offer in your space. So the more you are discoverable, then that is something that increases the likelihood of you being able to be in more of those stages, stages, but definitely like putting yourself in the opportunity wherever you can and building a more diverse and broad network. Because what I continue to learn is that so much of the way things are done is by who you know and people yeah. connecting with people in their network and their friends. So we all could do a better job of diversifying our circle of influence and diversifying our network to make sure that we are in those spaces and that people who we're connected to are saying our names whenever we're not in that room as well. Yes, absolutely. And it really is empowering because it almost like puts the ball in our own court of like, we like something I talk so much about in the mastermind, you know, this is like, we all have the power to create our own stages. Like we don't need to wait to be invited. We can have our own summits. We can have our own podcasts. We can create our own video content. And by doing that, you are setting yourself up to receive those opportunities, to receive those connections, because you're so right. People are like, oh, well, I don't know any black creators. And it's like, well, we're here. We're all here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's all about connecting with other people and and creating those opportunities. Yeah. And I think the, what this book that I read, the title of it, I think really just sums it up. They're so good that you can't, they can't ignore you. You're so good Mm. that they can't ignore you. And sometimes being so good that they can't ignore you really means you're so, you're everywhere. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like you're so known um, for what it is that you talk about that like, 
it's just you have, no one can possibly say that they don't know a creator or you yes. know an expert in this area because everybody knows that Natasha is like the person on this topic, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, we want to make it it's like it's just it's ridiculous for them to even think that they couldn't like they 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 shouldn't be picking you. Yes, it's all about just having the audacity to just show up. Yeah, and I think when we do that for ourselves, like. It's it's essentially making sure we're saying yes to ourselves first and not like giving ourselves the first no of like, well, I'm not getting this. So let me just not even bother. Or, yeah. you know, those different types of things is like it's like, OK, like let's have the audacity to just show up and take up that space. I feel like it's so empowering. This kind of leads us to your own uh, authority case study. And I think what's so special is that like, it's been two years now, which is so nuts. It's been two years now (laughs) since your cohort of the mastermind. And you were the first person, the first person to join. But I think before it even had a name. Yes, it didn't (laughs) even have a name. And you were like, I'm in. I'm totally in. (laughs) And so I'm so grateful for you for that. But I remember when you joined the mastermind, you were kind of like struggling with your content and you had started to land some great opportunities. You were starting to like carve your path. But I know since then, there's been some really amazing transformations and wins for you. And so we kind of have some backstory of like where you started, just like overwhelmed with your content. And then really the shift is like how you show up in your content now. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that before we kind of dive into the specific case studies? Sure. So before, like at that point in time, I spent a lot of time and I had authority outside of social Mm. Um, in terms of, you know, I had my columns for Forbes and Inc. I've been writing for quite a good amount of time. I had done some speaking, but now I was in more of a different space where I wanted to show up more consistently online and in social. And I didn't really have a plan Um, for how to do that or what the right strategy was to amplify what it was that um, I was already talking about. Mm. So one of the things that I wanted to do was to launch a podcast again. Like I had previously been a podcaster earlier in my career as an entrepreneur and I had spent three years doing it, but I had since pivoted my business in a completely different direction. After, you know, like a couple of years of not podcasting, I had like this idea of something that I wanted to do that was very much aligned with where I was focused now with my business and that sweet spot that I felt that I found around inclusive marketing. So one of the things that I did as part of the mastermind was brought, I think it was one of our coaching sessions or um, like as a group mastermind sessions, I brought in the idea for my podcast that I have now, Inclusion and Marketing. And that's one of the things that I loved about the mastermind because I think I joined it thinking that it was about how to show up more on Instagram and the type of content that I produced, but I left it thinking more broadly and having Mm. an even bigger transformation of how social was a tool in the bigger ecosystem of how I showed up online and how I was able to use all of it together to build my authority, to reach more people and to create more transformations for people. So that was a big mindset shift that I had was, it's not how can I focus on this one particular channel? (laughs) It's how can I 
look at everything together and use them all to work together to accomplish the goals that I have. So I brought my idea for my podcast to the team and they were so supportive. They really liked the idea and gave me basically the confidence and the push that I needed that yes, like it's time to just stop like thinking about this idea (laughs) and like keep it in your head and actually go out and do it, publish it, create your stage. So um, I think the mastermind ended in August. So a couple of months later, I had my podcast editor and in January I launched the podcast. And so I was super excited. I remember, I think I um, just was like getting cheers and support from like my my mastermind crew like on social because we were all connected on Instagram <laughs> and it was great like just to like we talked about it and then like now it's alive right yeah you know fast forward I you know published I think a number of episodes and I heard about the HubSpot creator program the accelerator program that they had and whenever I first heard about it I think it was like April May of 2022 mm-hmm. it wasn't open but I went and I signed up for the wait list and then later on this summer they opened it up it's like oh we're accepting applications for our next ho- cohort so I went and applied because now I have this podcast right like yes. it actually lives I believe in it I you know I'm excited about it and and um, last fall, I got word that I was accepted as part of the creator program. And now I'm a part of the HubSpot podcast network. So like Woo! the idea that I first verbalized, like I had not verbalized the concept, nothing. Like I hadn't verbalized it to anyone. It only mm-hmm. lived in my head until I talked about it in that mastermind and, you know, got some really good feedback, support. And like Maura said, the confidence that I needed to like yes. actually do it, bring it to life, you know, create this stage and then now I'm part of this network the podcast has grown exponentially lots more doors are being opened but mm-hmm. none of that would have happened if I hadn't taken action because I'm somebody who can like let ideas sit in my mind for ever in a day um, <laughs> yes. but that doesn't do anybody any good right so <laughs> oh my gosh I just love that story and I genuinely think when you got in the creators program I was maybe even more excited than I was for myself um, <laughs> Partially because you sent it to me. So that's like another part of the story is you literally sent the program to me. And I think there's so many takeaways here for me is like, the first thing is like having the audacity, which is what we talked about before is that like, I'm not saying Sonia two years ago wouldn't have applied for that program, but I mean, to just have a baby podcast and then just apply and say like, let's go for it. Yeah, I feel like there's so much to be said for that just act of like, I'm taking up this space. I deserve to be in this program, which I think is so powerful. But I also just feel like there's this other element of like combining the like support and the accountability and like the mastermind. I I feel like you named the crew, the team, like that's really what it felt like. And like having that support to like give you that nudge to do it, but also having the strategy too of like, we're not just going to create the podcast just for the sake of it. We're going to do it as like this intentional part of like our content ecosystem and our business. So I just think that is such a powerful story of when you take that idea and you like actually take action on it and then it opens up a completely new door. I just think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thank you. I thank you. I think it's just one of those things that you, sometimes you don't realize the 
power that community has, mm-hmm. community in a safe space. And I think that because the cohort was small, like we are able to get to know yes. each other and it felt very personal um, versus like, let's say if you're in like this really large group program where you don't really get the chance to know each other, like people, I really value people's feedback and they got to know me and my business. And it was just, it, it, I think that made a really big difference. Yes, I completely agree. I feel like the intent of keeping these cohorts for the mastermind super small is because those relationships, like I've experienced it myself in my business. And we even mentioned it like earlier on in the podcast is like, it's all about who you know and who you're connected with. And when you're able to really build those relationships and it's not just like on an acquaintance level, there's so much that can come from that alone. I know you've collaborated with and hired other members from your cohort. And I think there's just so much power there. And I want to talk about the last, like it's kind of podcast related, but it's like another yeah. uh, little case study of you like having true audacity. I'm like seeing <laughs> the theme here. And it is all about a podcast that you put on like your dream list. So this is one of the expert guest le- sessions we had where we were like, okay, let's brainstorm. What are the realistic places you want to be? But we're like the dream podcast that you want to be on. And Fast forward, you were on that podcast. So give us the story. Spill the tea. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm somebody who in general, like it's, you know, people are like, oh, I put this on my vision board. And then like, you know, um, and then it happened, right? Like, that's not me. <laughs> I just want to just clear, clear, like that's, that's generally not me. And not because there's anything wrong with it. I think it's great to have those types of goals. It's just not something that I've done historically, right? So whenever I heard one of the guest speakers say, oh, you should put a list together of the types of podcasts that you would like to be on. Like, you know, and so I I, I didn't actually go and make that list, but there was one that popped up in my head. Hmm. I was like, oh, I'd love to be on that show. I didn't necessarily write it down anywhere. Maybe I wrote it a note to myself on my phone, right? Because <laughs> um, sometimes that's like the extent of what I'll get. I wrote myself a note like, oh, I'd love to be on this podcast, but I didn't say it to anybody um, on, on the team. So anyway, that was 2021. Fast forward a year later, right? Something went down online where we we were talking about like diversity in earlier in this discussion, we were talking about sometimes there's like a real lack of diversity in conference stages. Mm-hmm. And I'm accustomed to it, but I saw an image online of somebody posting their stories like, hey, I'm gonna be a part of this conference and like I'm really excited about it. And I was looking at the image and the image like there were no black people on the image. And I was like, and the conference was on video marketing. And I was just like, come on, like really? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that we cannot be in 2022 and going to video marketing conference and there's not one black person that you can have here. Because for me, from a representation standpoint, I need to see a black woman on a stage to make me feel like I belong, right? Like that's just, personally what I need to see for a conference. So the person who posted it was Jasmine Starr and she was going to be one of the featured speakers. And I, I'm a big Jasmine fan. So, um, you know, so as I was looking at this image, this one hit me emotionally and yeah. I, like my feelings were hurt. Right. And I was just like, you know, because I'm so accustomed to seeing this thing, it shocked me how it made me feel because there are times where 
Whenever you feel excluded or you don't feel seen, sometimes you don't know how it's going to make you feel, but it can have that negative impact. And I don't think that the people who are putting this imagery out intend to have that impact, but they probably also don't know that they're having that impact. Mm -hmm. So you sent me a note. We were chatting back and forth in the DMs about this image in this conference because I think you were having the same kind of feeling like, oh, like this just again, like this is happening. And you're like, hey, I think you should like, you know, let your voice be heard on this. Like, I think people will be really interested in he- hearing what you have to say. So you're like coaching me <laughs> in the DMs <laughs> to put out some content. So I went and I did a live and I talked about it and like people responded well to it. You know, people were sending me messages about it. And through the process of sending that live, I think I was talking, I was talking to one of my mastermind cohorts, <laughs> um, pe- peeps in the DMs. And she's like, you should reach out to Jasmine. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I would. Like, she's like, she, I bet she doesn't even know. Um, and Jasmine and I, like, we've sent, like, I've sent DMs to her previously in terms of, like, responding to her stories. Like, we, it wasn't like this is the very first DM that I've sent to her. Like, we've, you know, we've engaged before in the DMs. So I sent her a note, you know, just like, Jasmine, I love your content. I love, you know, following along with you. I just want to let you know how this landed on me, this image landed on me and how it made me feel. And she responded back, you know, she was wonderful, gracious, all the reasons why I like following her and I enjoy her. And she was like, you know, and what one of the things that she did was she's like, well, I'm not part of the, I'm not an organizer of this conference, but like, what should I say back to them? Like what you know, types of things? And so, you know, I gave her some thoughts and she's like, you know what? We should make this a podcast episode because if I'm asking the questions, I'm sure that other people are asking the questions and we can, mm-hmm. you know, make this a learning moment. So she invited me to be a guest on her show. We recorded it, you know, a little while later and it went live. So then it was like the podcast, very podcast where during the mastermind I had, you know, wrote on my, you know, my note to myself, oh, I'd love to be a guest on her show. And I was planning at some point to pitch them right. using the templates that we had gotten as part of the mastermind. But it happened, just so happened that, you know, I didn't have to do that because through the yeah. process of building relationships, um, and those nudges that I got behind the scenes from you and from my other um, mastermind compadres, <laughs> um, my mastermind chicas, um, we, I got that nudge to reach out and it, it worked out really well. And so now, because I've been on Jasmine's show, as I go and I'm working to be guest on other podcasts, I'm like, hey, I was a guest on Jasmine Starr's podcast. Yes. And that means something to people. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. So many just gems and takeaways from that. I feel like just I mean, just alone that you used Instagram live to talk (laughs) about it. I obviously love as a fanatic. (laughs) But I really feel like I think you touched on the importance of why having diverse stages is just so important. And by using our voice, by taking up space, by being on these podcasts, like we can can elicit change, which we did, right? That's like the part that we didn't mention is that um, they ended up 
adding in a another speaker and really making the the lineup a little bit more diverse. So yeah. I just feel like it shows how much power we have when we take up that space and when we say something and we just slide in the DMs yeah. and just have those conversations. I just think that there's so much to take away from that. And I just love how so many of the things that you learned from the mastermind you were able to take and and not only create your own stage like the podcast, but also use it to carve out room on other stages like Jasmine's podcast. So yeah. I just feel like this definitely inspired some other people, maybe people that are interested in joining the mastermind. And I just so appreciate you sharing not only your wisdom about inclusive marketing, but also just sharing like your own experience on how you're bringing that to more stages. Oh, thank you. No, it was great. I I hope more people, like if anybody's ever thinking about that mastermind, definitely join it. The one benefit that we didn't talk so much about, but I think is really a priceless one is those connections that you make yes. um, with the people in it because you're it's a very intimate setting. And I think the relationships that you're able to build, if you open yourself up to them, they can, you know, extend far beyond the time that you're together in the mastermind and they can become lifelong friendships. They can, you know, yes, open a lot of doors for you um, from your business standpoint. So I think it's just those, those types of things are priceless and having a lovely curated group of people who are like-minded is, is really helpful. Uh, yes, I could not agree more. And I'm just so glad to have had you a part of the mastermind and to finally have you on the show. I am just Yay. beyond thrilled for everyone to just listen in on this episode. Please let everyone know where they can continue to connect with you, to learn from you, where your podcast is. Give us all the details. Sure, sure. On Social media, basically, you can find me at my name, Sonia E. Thompson. And if you want to listen to the podcast, it's called Inclusion and Marketing. And if you want to just kind of find out more, just go to inclusionandmarketing.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for inviting me. It was it was so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the Shine Online podcast. I hope this episode has helped you find a simpler way to show up consistently on video. If you loved what you heard, please share this episode with a business owner you know who is struggling with content and video in their business. Or connect on Instagram at Shine with Natasha by taking a screenshot and sharing your biggest takeaway. See you in the next episode.